Welcome to Hello from the Other Side, where we validate how our loved ones on the other side are always with us, ready to help when called on. Here's your host, psychic, medium, and best-selling author of There Is No Death, Only Life, Maria Verdeshi. Hi, everyone. This is Maria Verdeshi. I am so excited for my guest today, Beck Nelson. Beck Nelson is a licensed marriage and family therapist and psychic medium who is an expert in all matters of transformation and change. Beck has worked in the mental health and substance abuse field for 30 years in all levels of treatment, as well as working as a spiritual teacher and healer. She has a special affinity and passion for working with couples and specializing in working with those who would identify having a history of unsatisfying relationships. She uses an approach to therapy and transformation she calls the loving authority, combining systematic approaches to identifying and solving dysfunctional patterns. This allows Beck to assertively to approach transformation with the direct energy needed to inspire healing and growth. She is currently writing a book on the rules, outlining the guiding principles she has been using to work with clients for years. Ten years ago, Beck and her husband, Ed, opened their own healing and transformational business, Hope Counseling and Meditation Center, where they offer individual and couples therapy, divorce meditation, spiritual coaching, and psychic and medium readings. She can be reached through her website, BeckNelson.com. Her email address, BeckNelson at HopeCounselingGRI.com. And her YouTube channel, BeckNelson, Intuitive and Spiritual Coach. All of that also, I'm going to be putting in the beginning of the podcast too. It will be out there so everybody can see it. Hi, Beck. How are you doing? Good morning. Happy Sunday. Happy Sunday. So I want to start out, Beck, if you could tell us with the therapy and what you do and I love it and the center that you and your husband have started I mean how amazing please tell us about it so I had been working in a number of modalities I had worked for agencies as a therapist and other people I was never able sort of to do the work that I really wanted to do at that point you kind of will do the work that you're paid to do to be able to work for other people but you just kind of were able to see the clients that you were assigned and then I worked for a friend for a while and then my husband and I were like you know what there's a lot of ideas that we have want to put into place we want to kind of do things our way and we also wanted to add divorce mediation and so we decided to open up our own place and it's rough starting something from scratch but now we have a beautiful business with a 2,000 square foot office and we've been in business for 10 years and with the pandemic we have to turn people away it's amazing we have in addition to myself we have seven other therapists licensed therapists and we have a, a great business oh wow I love it that you also added the divorce aspect to it, especially like people with kids so that they can come into this nice, safe environment and kind of like, okay, so we're leaving this relationship, but now you guys, you got kids, so you got to build another relationship. You said it exactly right. And that's exactly what we tell people. It confused people when we added the divorce mediation piece because they were like, well, that's really self-serving. You do couples therapy and then you conveniently have divorce mediation and not everybody's going to understand it, right? Because our thought was the process of divorce is horrific. It's not very 
family friendly because you're absolutely correct. People are not encouraged to speak to one another to talk about, okay, we're, this family's breaking up and how do we continue to be co-parents to these children in a way that's effective and not have this be this long drawn out process where talk to my lawyer and the only people getting rich are the lawyers that are billing thousands and thousands of dollars. And we have this lawyer and this lawyer kind of arguing both of your and then a judge really making that those final decisions that impact your everyday life. So what the divorce mediation allows the people to do is to speak to one another. And I have, you know, at different points have to stand up and say, okay, guys, I understand that you don't get along and that's fine. That's why you're divorcing. But what's really in the best interest of your children? And that sort of, that phrase always regrounds people. This is about your kids now. And how can I we do that? I love it. I wish that something, because I'm divorced and you know, really, I tried to definitely do the best that I could do. I've always put my kids first, but please, I'm not Mother Teresa. So there were those times where I stepped back and went, oh, Marie, you could have done better. You could have done better today. Did you really have to do that? And now my kids are grown, but I've got to say my ex and I are on pretty good terms where this past Easter, I was over there with the kids at his home with his wife. So it's important. And my kids are older, but I'll tell you what, it's still important to them. The baby is 19. It's still important to them. The oldest is 28. It's just as as important to him as it is to my youngest that I was there at Easter dinner and everything was nice. You're bringing up two things, which first of all, your kids are going to reflect whatever energy they see coming from parents. So if they see their parents saying, your father's a jerk, there's this, or I can't believe we're getting divorced, this is horrible and crying, the kids are going to follow that energy. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to be perfect, but as soon as you say, you know what, we both still love you and we're, this has nothing to do with you, we're supposed to do what we need to do, that's what the kids are going to follow, number one. And then number two, doing a very comprehensive divorce agreement, anything with the phrase, tall fences make good neighbors, something like that. When you have good boundaries in place, that's actually some guidelines to be able to use for things that you may not even think that are going to come up that are outlined in our agreement. You know, what's going to happen for Easter dinner and what's going to happen when this one wants to play the violin and just all those things. It's easier when they're already outlined. What a great service. And on top of it, you're a medium. You are so intuitive. So you can see through the BS or you can add things in because I also want to talk about your uncle, who is your big, big guide over on the other side. So I got to ask, too, has your uncle ever popped in on a meeting and been like, yeah, they're just lying? <laughs> yes, he has. But I didn't recognize it as such before I opened myself up to those nudges until the day that he um, did it to me. And you got to share the story about that. I love the story. It's amazing. So this is Beck's story. I love this story. When her uncle was like, in spirit, was like, all right, I'm going to get her attention. I want to work with her. I'm going to get her attention. He's not somebody, even when he was here, that was very subtle. So that's the way he played it out. There were multiple incidents since his death in 87, where he has shown himself and he's just gotten louder and louder. There was a time where one of my a clients that I was working with, there were a couple that started to talk about his, the gentleman started talking about his time in Vietnam and when he was with this guy who was funny. And then the more he talked, I'm like, oh my God, he's talking about my Uncle Danny. And I swear to God, I don't know how they didn't notice that my jaw was on the floor because I'm going, and then he finally said his first name. And he's like, his name was uh, Danny. And I was like, 
oh my God. And I said, was his last name? And I said his last name. And he's like, how did you know that? And I'm going, oh my God. But even still after that, I was like, oh, what a coincidence. Didn't say anything. I didn't do anything with it. Cause I'm like, I'm just going to get louder. If he's going to get worse. So I just kind of ignored it. And then he would do little things like move my keys or just little things. So in October of 2018, my husband and I went on vacation. And when we came home, we have a detached garage. We have a historic home. My husband opened up the garage door and there was this huge piece of furniture. It was an office chair that he was going to fix that had been placed right behind the door of the garage. It was nowhere near there. It was actually burying some crap. My husband opens the door and here's this chair right into the door. Now he had known stories about, I think my uncle Danny's around, blah, blah, blah. So now here's this chair. He texts me a picture of the chair and says, did you move this chair here? I was like, nope. I hit delete. I deleted the picture. I guess I really pissed him off. So I was like, I'm going to BJ's. I have, you know, we had to come home from vacation. I got to fill the house up. I went to BJ's and this woman stopped me in the middle of BJ's and was like, excuse me, I don't know if you believe this or not, but there's a gentleman standing next to you and he's jumping up and down. He's like, what do I have to do to get her to recognize me? And I'm going, oh my God, I'm not saying a word. And her husband's behind her like this. And I'm looking at him and he's like, and I said, does she do this all the time? And he's like, he's probably like, here she goes again. She describes him perfectly. He has on this fishing hook stuck in the hat and he's got a pipe in his mouth and he's like a short guy. And he's like, what do I have to do? And she's like, oh, he said that he moved a chair and you deleted the picture. And I'm going, oh my God. Okay, and this woman, you did not know this woman, and she nope. didn't know you. And nope. there, there was just no way that she would have known this information. It, this is not someone like that your husband would have known, or I love it. I love this. It's not even a BJ's that I would normally go to. I had to pick oh, up a script or something. So I went to one. Better. That makes yeah. it even better. Uh-huh. So I'm like, all right, you got me. And it's just she's showing him that he moved a chair. And then, of course, once I was like, okay, what does he want? You know, she started, oh, he says, you know, he wants you to tell your dad this. And this is what happened the day I died. And your dad has a picture of us when we were kids and we were fishing. And I want him to take it out of the draw. And I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> all these things that he wanted me to do. And she's like, he's telling you he's around you all the time. And you keep ignoring him. He's like, knock it off. I'm like, yeah, that is exactly what he would do. So ever since then, now before that, I was sort of open to the fact that he probably was sending me a lot of Marines, a lot of service people I found, but particularly Marines that I kind of feel like weren't able to get anywhere with other therapists. And he's like, all right, here she is to fix this one now. So now I'm more open to it. Now I'm more open to what he's trying to show me. And there's sometimes that he's actually shown up in my mediumship reading a couple of weeks ago. So I feel like he sits down, I'm looking over in the chair as if you can see him in the chair next to me. So he kind of sits here and he's usually pretty laid back, but he can be a little volatile at times. So there was a kid that I was reading and the kid, as I was talking to him, was like, not a kid, but a, like a guy in his early 20s, I think. And he was like running back and forth and he wouldn't talk to me. He was kind of like running and skidding and then running and skidding. And I was trying to talk to him. Finally, my uncle Danny got up and smacked him in the back of the head. And I was like, oh, uh. he was like, you know, be respectful. Like he kind of protects me, I feel like. And I was like, oh, I'm sorry about him. Oh, <laughs> and that's, ex that's, that's exactly how he would be in life. Protective and not caring about being a little impulsive, maybe. 
Oh, I love it. And he had to get your attention, of course, because when we're not listening and not doing, you know, when they're trying to get our attention, they will come at it in a bigger, bigger way. And he sure did do that that day. I can only imagine the energy it must have taken him to move that chair from where it was. So I had erased the picture and I was telling this story to somebody else. And I'm like, yeah, I erased the picture. My husband goes, oh, I still have it. (laughs) I'll send it to you. (laughs) He was pretty blown away. I think the other piece was that he had now put in somebody else in that equation. He put my husband into it because I was like, am I crazy? And now that my husband saw it, he's like, no, that was pretty real. That chair was not there when we left. Wow. I love it. That is amazing. Now, I also want to talk about the rules, your book that you're working on. I'm so excited for you. This is going to be a great book. Please give us something about the book and where you're at and maybe some of your process. I'm sure your uncle had a bit of a hand in this also. I believe he did. So as I was saying about him, he kind of has this no nonsense, like a suck it up buttercup kind of attitude. And the rules sort of have a little bit of that flavor of taking responsibility for your own stuff, right? So what I have noticed is that this history of people that I'm getting, people who are trying to transform and change. And in that process, they feel like, I've done everything that I can. I'm following all the rules. I'm nice to people. I take care of myself. I do all these things. And life has just thrown me all these curveballs, all these difficult relationships. And I don't understand why. So first of all, they get into this mindset that I guess I must be being punished for something. Now I'm saying this because this is kind of, I had to go through that. I must be being punished for something because I don't understand why all these bad things keep happening to me. Am I not worthy of anything good to happen to me? And actually, Debbie, our mutual friend was kind of helped me to pull out of that because when you allow yourself to be in that mindset, which I've noticed also with the people that are brought into my past, when you tell the universe, this is who I really am and this is all I'm supposed to do, the universe will bring you more things to support that. Inevitably, I was supporting my own story of I'm not worthy of anything good happening to me. And my job here is to do things for everybody else. I'm not supposed to have anything good happen. So I had noticed that the people that were coming into my room sort of had that same mindset. I'm doing all these good things. I'm a good person. Why do all these bad things happen to me? And then they get this mindset like it's because I'm doing everything right. It must be the people around me. So they start to put their energy into how can I get the people that are closest to me change so that I can have more of what I want. It's my kids because they're not doing what I ask and they don't listen to me. It's my husband or my wife because they're not doing all these things that I need. I'm doing everything. And it's all these people, if they would just do what I want, my mom, my dad, my brother, my boss. And so they inevitably set up this thing where everybody is disappointing them and everybody expects things from them because they're not expecting them for themselves. So all their energy goes into how can everybody else change so that I can be happier. So they sort of give themselves permission to get mad at other people. You know, why aren't you doing more of what I want? And that's a lot of energy to put out there going, okay, I want to change everybody else instead of, oh, let's look within. Because they're saying to themselves, I've already looked within. I'm a good person. So it's not me. And so imagine being, I'm sure we've all had experiences where there are people that put that kind of energy onto us. And first of all, being around somebody that says it's everybody else. Why do all these bad things happen to me? I guess I'm not meant to have good things happen to me. When you have that kind of energy, nobody wants to be around you. So now you do, you sort of have this self-fulfilling prophecy. 
people don't want to hear it anymore. So they don't answer your phone calls or they don't want to go out with you. And then it just enables that story that you put into your head to just gain more momentum. Exactly. Right? Yep. See, nobody's calling me back. And when you put that energy out there, that's how it's going to come back to you. Yeah. And they're not happy with their own lives. So they create this cloud cover that keeps them from being able to understand their true intuition, their higher vibrations, their connections to their higher powers, their spirit. They're so focused on being in that place. And they completely justify it because they've had all these horrible things because everybody's so bad to me and I just do good for everybody else. I don't understand it. So the rules are what I had noticed is that over the series of my career, I would pull out various rules. An example of one of them would be you don't have the right to tell other people what they're really feeling, right? So somebody will express something to a client and say, when you said that that was really hurtful, and my client will be like, that was not hurtful. You don't feel hurt by that. That's ridiculous. But you know what? You're just saying that because you want me to feel guilty and you're trying to manipulate me. So one of the rules is you don't have the right to tell somebody what they're really feeling. No, I really am hurt by what you said to me. No, it's not that you're hurt. That's not what you're feeling. So you don't get the right to tell somebody else what they're really feeling and then be angry at them for what you're or telling them they really are feeling or what they're really doing. Oh, I love an example of it. So they've sort of come out in pieces over the past several years. And sometimes I'd even be sitting with couples and I'd start to write a couple of them down and it'd be like, okay, these are, you're going to put these on your fridge. But then one day, a couple of months ago, I just said, you know what? There's a bunch of these. I'm going to write them all down on one spot. I had them in front of me and there are 13 of them. And then in a session with my mentor, I read them all to her and she was silent the time she, I was reading them and I'm like, is she there. She's not saying anything. What's going on? (laughs) Right. I'm saying all of them. I'm like, these sound mean. I read them all and she's hold on for a second. She didn't say anything. And then she said, I need to do these in my own house. And uh, I was laughing. I was like, okay. Don said, well, there's too many of them. There's like 13 of them. They're like, well, that's how they were given to me. So who am I to mess with that? I can't wait for the book. It's going to be amazing and needed. It's needed. I always say, you know, we all need many tools for our tool belt to get through this life in a nice, positive way and to be able to look at things in a different way. I love it. It's definitely going to be somebody who's ready to hear it. And I'm saying that because that was the place that I was in. I needed to have my book kicked a little bit because it's a lot like stop putting your energy into trying to tell everybody else how to change to make you happy. It's got to come from you. Inevitably, people will come back and I'll say, okay, let's follow this rule this week. When somebody says something, just try saying, okay, I guess I need to pay attention to that if that hurt your feelings instead of saying you didn't feel hurt. So they come in the next week or whenever they come back and I say, so this happens every time. It's sort of like, so how did it work? Did you get a chance to try? Oh, yep. I tried it. It didn't work. And I already know this is coming up, right? And I'll be like, what do you mean it didn't work? Well, I tried it. He said this. And then I said, oh, I'm so sorry you feel like that. And then we started fighting. And I'll be like, well, okay. So if you recall, so the evidence that it didn't work was that the other person didn't respond the way that I wanted them to. It's missing the whole point, which is the idea is not to have them change. It's still more of what was not working. The idea is you responded differently. How did you feel about putting something differently out there? Not how did they respond when you did it? And that's a very difficult thing to get people to understand. Wow. Oh, yeah. When I said this book is needed, it is needed. I love this. I love it. So thank you for coming today and letting me interview you. And when that book comes out, she guaranteed I will be it'll be right on my social media there because it's needed. It is so needed. I'm so excited for you. 
go visit. I'm going to have all of Beck's information in the intro so you can see it right there, everybody. So you can get to her website, send an email, all her info will be right there and check her out. And Beck is on Facebook also. And are you on Instagram? Yes. I don't understand what my handle is. I'm still trying to piece together those us ladies in our 50s. That information also in Beck's intro. So you guys can go and like her Instagram and Facebook and see what she's doing and different ways to get a hold of her. So thank you so much for joining me today. I've really loved this. Thank you. I am grateful that you had me. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Hello from the Other Side. You can connect with Maria and book a reading at mariaverdeshi.com. While you're there, be sure to join her email list and be the first to receive special offers.